Got fantasy football injuries? We've got answers. Welcome to the Fit Podcast. We are the fantasy injury team here to talk injuries and football on a chilly fall Wednesday night. 20 episodes down, many more to come as time is absolutely flying and we enter week 10 of the NFL season. Got a full house today, a meeting of some great football minds to sit here and dissect some football and injuries and fantasy football. As always, my good friend Tom Christ, the doctor of physical therapy, is with us. A new member on the show today, a guest appearance from the one and only Corey Aaron. Corey is a good friend of mine, been playing fantasy football with him for a long time. Corey is the host of the Always a Giant podcast, where him and his co-host cover the New York Giants. You could find that on Spreaker as well as any other platform as well. And then in a little bit, Vin Vento will join us. He's the author of countless thoughtful articles on our website, fantasyinjuryteam.com. A lot of great minds together. Start with you, Tommy boy. How are we doing? What's going on? It's been a full week so far. It's only Wednesday, but it's been, been a good one. Let's keep it riding. That's it. I'm off tomorrow. I'm off Friday. I got a nice week ahead of me. Corey, welcome to the show, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Dude, I'm excited to be on this show. I, the first time I listened to an episode was before the season started when you guys were doing mock drafts and stuff. I should have continued being a listener because I'm two and seven right now in your league. <laughs> Needed 14 points from Kamara and Duvernay and didn't even get close. But uh, I'm excited to be on with you guys today. That's tough. Corey, you've been a rock solid member of the league for many years. Tough, tough little stretch for you this season. I know you actually play. Don't you? I think you play Vin this week. Don't you play Vin? I did. And then he uh, messaged me earlier wanting to do a trade. And uh, we, we made a trade happen actually today. Did you see it? Tell us about it. So I'm, he, he messaged me basically saying, uh, what do you think about Joe Mixon? And uh, I'm like, what do you want, Tyreek? He's like, I know you don't want to give up Tyreek. So we did. Uh, he gave me Joe Mixon, uh, Wandell Robinson, <laughs> Gus Edwards, and I gave him Alvin Kamara and uh, Jerry Judy. And I also threw in James Robinson. So, you know what? Vince having a good year at this point. I think it's a relatively even deal. I think I was wheeling and dealing way too much this season. I mean, after week two, I'm getting rid of Derrick Henry. Like, who does that? His injury. Oh, no. <laughs> Tom, you know that his injury last year was not a soft tissue injury. That that's the type of injury you can recover from. And you could see that right now he's the hottest running back in the league. And, and Corey, that's exactly what we said on our show before the season started. I'm going to go back, find the episode, find the clip, send it to you. So uh, you got to make sure you're listening next year, Corey. But now that you're on, hopefully yeah. we have your ear and, and you'll be with us. So I look at that trade as mixing for Kamara. The other pieces, no offense, would go with Gus Edwards. And I think Allen Robinson was in the mix. But Vin Vento selling high after a 55 or whatever point performance from Joe Mixon. And Corey's over here just eating it up, man. <laughs> love to see it there were some huge performances this week guys i mean these were god if you had these people and you didn't win that's a problem and if you played against these guys it's a problem joe mixon i think i saw like top two of all time maybe there was that crazy jamal charles game that we can go back and reference but mixon man he was out there winning you guys leagues justin fields emerging i think he's like quarterback eight right now Patty Mahomes keeps tearing it up. Devontae Adams had, I played against Devontae. I think he had nine catches in the first quarter. Eight, though, was like, oh my gosh, is someone going to guard him? Kenny Walker, my boy, Travis Etienne, they had some big weeks. So 
Hopefully you boys participated in some of that fun. And then there were some, some not great weeks, some duds out there, Khalil Herbert, Antonio Gibson, CEH, David Montgomery, Donta Foreman, Mike Evans, Michael Pittman, DJ Moore, Drake London, Gabe Davis, list goes on and on. So what do you say, boys? Let's dive in. Let's try to figure out who the, maybe not the Joe Mixons of this week will be, but let's try to figure out who the winners and, and the losers are going to be here in week 10. Uh, start with some major injuries. Sound good, fellas? Yeah. Let's get after it. All right. We will turn to our expert, and that is no other than the doctor of physical therapy, Tom Christ. Let's start in Green Bay. So let's start with Aaron Jones, ankle, negative x-rays. It looks like he should be able to play next week. Tom, um, what's the verdict there? What are your thoughts on Aaron Jones? Well, he practiced today in a limited fashion. Like you said, the x-rays were negative, so that rules out any fracture. Tells us it's likely just a sprain. Um, he, I, he's on track to play. What we need to be mindful of is that an ankle sprain is going to impact lateral agility, which Jones does a bit of, but he's also a downhill runner and he's a pass catcher. Um, so while running backs do average 2.4 points per game below their pre-injury baseline when they return from an ankle sprain, Jones' role in this offense, I think, can overcome that, particularly that he's a scorer on the goal line and that he catches the ball. So I'm I'm really not concerned about starting Aaron Jones this week. Fair enough. And we've been saying it for weeks on this show, man, and I've been rooting for Rodgers and the Packers, but they are all sorts of broken guys. I don't know what to say. Rodgers looked like he was like a bit in a video game glitching last week. They run on, I remember the one freaking play on fourth down. They run a, a play action bootleg and he tried to throw it across the field to his lineman, David Bakhtiari. Like, I don't know what is going on, man. They're one of the most depleted teams in football. Some guy, if you guys have heard of him, God bless you. Josiah DeGuara had five catches for the Packers last week. They just don't look good. Don't know that one. No, um, reach deep in the bag for that. But Jones, like you said, I mean, he's average. Listen, not bad. 5.6 yards a carry. Dylan only at four. I don't think that they can sustain two running backs like we thought. Tom, you don't seem to be too concerned with Aaron Jones, but Kylan Hill would be the next man up. I looked him up a little bit out of Mississippi State, but I can't figure that team out. Um, Corey, why don't you tell us, man, what, like, what is wrong with the Packers? What, do you, what is happening with that team this year? Well, we'll, for, we'll first start off like, what is Aaron Rodgers' problem? Like, the guy is just so selfish. Why would you ruin the best, like, receiver duo this past offseason? And it's not working for Devonta Adams out there with Las Vegas either, even though he's having a good year. Um, so you want to take $50 million for the next three years. Next year, they got to pay him $59 million, just, you know, pending. That's how the contract kind of shakes up. But they didn't like do what Harry Howie Roseman did in the draft, like drafting to to trade a pick for AJ Brown. They didn't draft up to take like Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson. They took Christian Watson. They took Romeo Dobbs. Are you kidding me? That is like nowhere near like any you knew going in. Basically, this is going to be a tough year for him. Their offensive line. I think last week was the first time, right, guys, that like Bakhtiari. Elgin Jenkins, that they finally were together as an offensive line unit. Um, I think Runyon got hurt. Um, and then last year they had like Billy Turner. He was a good offensive lineman. So they don't have a great offensive line. They, they lost like three more guys on defense. It, it, it's a mess, but ultimately 
it boils down. The guy is 38 years old. Why are you asking for so much money just because you won another MVP award? It's, it's not right what he did. And he's deserving of why they're losing now. It's really well said, Corey. And you mentioned Adams too. I mean, sure, he might be eating and doing well in fantasy, but in terms of real football, Packers and Raiders are combined five and 12. Just imagine if those two were together. Hmm, who can imagine a world like that, Tom? <laughs> It'd be a whole different season for both of them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Corey, that was an awesome analysis though. You're right. Like, moving pieces, their offensive line, their defense, and and Rodgers, what it boils down to, I think, is selfishness a little bit. And obviously, this Jones injury is not going to help them. Hopefully, he is okay, as Tom mentioned earlier. So let's slide over to the AFC, Tom, and another really big injury. I think the entire fantasy football and real football community has been talking about this nonstop. We saw some stuff come out today. It's Josh Allen. So he was being evaluated for an elbow injury to his ulnar collateral ligament and quote related nerves. So that is Chinese to me, but I saw you tweet a little bit, Tom, you look, is it not worrisome? I don't know what to make of this. So why don't you help us out here? Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, and I just a couple of minutes ago published an article specific to this on fantasyinjuryteam.com that you can check out. So from the, the, the play, you can watch the video and clearly that's the mechanism for how you injure the ulnar collateral ligament or the UCL. What the UCL does is it provides stability to the inside part of the elbow joint. So if you're just standing with your arms by your side, the part that's closest to you, assuming that you have a, a normal anatomy, is where the ulnar collateral ligament lives. During the throwing motion, this ligament is very important to keep the forearm and the upper arm bones at a congruent position to one another. So when we throw and our arm is coming forward, we kind of whip our elbow forward. And if this ligament is not intact properly, the forearm is not going to come forward at the appropriate timing. So essentially what I'm saying there is that the UCL connects the upper arm bone and the forearm bone so that when you throw, the two can be congruent, can move in a coordinated fashion. With that, there's a lot of stress on this ligament with the throwing motion. So this is why you hear, you hear mostly about this injury with pitchers, baseball pitchers, because they throw so much and so hard, so repetitive. You don't really hear about this with football players other than like Matt Stafford has been dealing with this for the last two seasons. And then the way Josh Allen got hit where his forearm got hit as his arm was whipping forward. That's another really good way to injure this ligament. Now the nerves they were talking about is almost guaranteed that it's the ulnar nerve that they're talking about is that lives. It courses right through the UCL. Like it, it, it is a butts against the UCL as it goes from, the neck all the way down to the fingers. Its job is to provide the signal for the muscles of the fourth and fifth fingers to contract. So if there's an issue with the ulnar nerve, we're going to have issues with the fourth and fifth fingers, so the ring and pinky fingers. And that's going to affect the ability to grip the ball, of course, for both throwing, but also for not fumbling. I have not heard anything about the ulnar nerve in the past couple days. So that tells me that it might have just been a temporary issue, something called a neuropraxia, which can happen when a nerve gets bonked. Like you hit your, 
your elbow, you hit your funny bone. That's the ulnar nerve. But sometimes if they get, if it's a higher velocity, that that's what we call signal conduction issue can last a little bit longer, which might've been the case with Alan. But like I said, I haven't heard anything about that today or yesterday. So I don't know that that's still an issue. Now with the UCL injury, which we know is present, this can be highly stubborn to healing, especially in throwers. The typical management would be a long period of rest, which Josh Allen cannot do until the season's over, unfortunately. So this is going to continue to get aggravated every time he throws. Now, the degree that it gets aggravated might not be very severe. We've seen Matt Stafford play through this this year. Now the Rams stink this year. But we haven't seen a whole lot of evidence of this injury impacting Stafford's game. So what the Bills are going to do is have him rehabbing every day, probably put some injections in there, some PRP and some steroid injections to get the pain down and try to induce some better healing. And I imagine that Josh Allen is going to be wearing a throwing sleeve, like a compression sleeve, to just provide a little bit of additional stability there. This is not going to get fully better by the end of the season. Not a chance, but it can be managed to the point where he can still be very, very, very effective. So I don't think we need to panic now. We will have a lot better of an idea of how this is going to affect him in the next two weeks and when we see him play again. But at this moment in time, he's still a very elite fantasy option and real real football quarterback as well. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Lot to dissect there. Tom, you are a smart fella. And when an NFL team hires you, just make sure that you remember us little people here at the fantasy injury team. <laughs> but I mean, it looked like it was going to be detrimental to to the Bills, to their organization, to even like to the fantasy relevance of Diggs or Gabe Davis or any pass catchers there. But I don't know if you guys saw um, Diggs actually tweeted like rejoice or something like that, I guess, when he got the positive news. So he's feeling the positive news. Tom, you seem like your level of concern is mid, but again, you said it's more of like a pain management thing and, and hopefully it's not going to go away, but hopefully it's something that they can manage. You said the throwing sleeve and all that stuff. Case Keenum would be the next guy up, but it looks like hopefully, fingers crossed, Josh Allen does play this week. Bad loss to the Jets, though, before we wrap up on him. Are the, uh, Corey, real quick, what do you think? Are the Jets real, man? Beating the Bills. I mean, first off, Sauce Gardner, are you kidding me, dude? That guy is shut down. Quinn and Williams is stepping up right now as being one of the best, you know, D tackles in the league. I, I'm so upset that Brees Hall is gone, but they did a good job running the ball. I don't think anybody's sold on Zach Wilson yet. I don't know what's going on with Elijah Moore. Like, dude, you're a second round pick. Relax, man. Like, you're not. So that, that they're going to move him into the slot this week. So I don't know what that means that, for us. That but... should help him, I think. Yeah, they got a good defense right now. So I'm, I'm happy. Even as a Giants fan, I'm happy that the Jets are rolling right now. So it really is serious, though, about about Josh Allen. First off, I didn't even know this could affect like nerves on your neck. This is crazy right now. Like you're kind of bringing up like if he's a pitcher in baseball, you're potentially going to have to go under the scope for Tommy John surgery. Uh, this is not the division that you want to miss games. And they already, you know, lost, you know, their bye week was week seven. So that's crazy. We're going to have to keep monitoring it, I guess. Yeah, it, it's it's challenging because it could go either side of the spectrum. Like he could play every game and not have much of a an issue. Or if it gets worse, he like Tommy John surgery is what the surgery is. And that's 
that would certainly end his season and put the start of next season in jeopardy. It's weird. You never hear Tommy John in football, but certainly relevant here. Okay. Back to the Packers, the reeling, injured, banged up, uh, depleted Packers. I could find a lot more words, but Tom, Romeo Dobbs, high ankle sprain, really more bad news for the Packers there. Right, he could miss four to six weeks. Um, just implications quickly for me here. I think at this point, Corey, you mentioned some of their guys earlier. Maybe Christian Watson steps up. I think Robert Tunyon should be fed targets. Lazard should eat. Who knows if Josiah DeGuara will pick things up. But what are, I mean, what, what's up with Dobbs? Is he, is he droppable in fantasy being four to six? Oh, what's the implication? For sure, droppable. He wasn't really helping you too much to begin with. But if we're talking four weeks, that's that's week 13, six weeks, that's week 15. We're talking playoffs. The the other thing is, I mean, he hasn't been overly productive. He's had a couple good games. But with this type of injury, we see on average receivers missing 4.4 games. So that four to six week span is pretty, pretty dead on. And even when they return the first game back, they're scoring 2.4 points below their pre-injury average. And you know, for a guy who's been inconsistent and not that high scoring to begin with, yet you don't need him on your roster. Sad to say that I loved him. I loved him as a prospect. I loved him preseason. I'm still trying to make a case for him, but I, I don't see it. I think he is droppable, Tom. So let's go to a guy who is certainly not droppable. Maybe his counterpart is droppable, but let's talk about we got a decent amount to unpack here in the Colts backfield. Of course, they fired Frank Reich. They hired Jeff Saturday as their uh, head coach. I call him more of a babysitter. Who knows? I don't know. I, I, <laughs> there's so much I have to say about the Colts, but let's talk with injuries first. So JT, ankle, not expected to be put on IR. And then you have Deion Jackson, who quite frankly played like crap last week, didn't do much at all. He went down with a knee injury. We thought it was going to be worse. Might have even come back in the game, but let's talk about the injuries first, and then we'll talk about the Sad state of the Colts as well. But what do you got on that, Tom? So JT's high ankle sprain, it was a re-aggravation of his previous high ankle sprain. That's never good when you have a player who aggravates a pre-existing injury from the, the same season. He practiced today, though, so that's a good sign. Um, about, I'm having a hard time with him because of a couple factors. One, like I just said, this is the second time he's had this injury, and this is an injury that we talk about every single episode on the show about how it can predispose a player to subsequent injuries because it can lead to stiffness in the ankle and all the, the issues that come with that. Additionally, um, but you know, he's such a good player though, that it's, it's kind of, does that balance out that risk though? We, we don't see a huge decline in fantasy stats from running backs when they return from a high ankle sprain, averaging only one point below their pre-injury average. But this team is in shambles, man. Like Jeff Saturday coming off off the <laughs> wherever that he wasn't even on the coaching staff. Like, <laughs> wasn't he an analyst? Yeah, he was, he was doing like random shows on Saturdays and Sundays. It's like he, he's not. He hasn't been in the locker room. He doesn't know the team. He doesn't know the philosophy. There's, I I have no idea where that came from. As far as Deion Jackson goes, they didn't really tell us what his knee injury was, uh, but he did not practice today. You can't rely on him for sure. He's had one good game in his whole career, and if JT's there, then you know Deion Jackson's nothing more than a handcuff. I am severely worried about this Colts team. They are abysmal to watch. Sam Ellinger, 
to me, he is an atrocity. And I refuse to believe that there's nobody better in the entire world than him at the quarterback position. Alec Pierce led the team last week with 23 receiving yards. <laughs> I think the tank is on, baby. That's I think not it's, very it, good. It's full tank time. I am severely worried about Michael Pittman and him going forward. I mean, he's such a big name and a guy who we all thought was going to break out. And I think if Matt Ryan was still playing, he probably could. I'm looking to trade Pittman. I don't know what you can get for him because I looked at his last four and five weeks. It's very low. I don't even know what his average is. It's, it's bad. It's not good. And again, I think the tank is on. I don't even call, no offense to Jeff Saturday, great football player, great football mind. I don't know what kind of coaching experience he has. Good babysitter for him at the moment. So, Corey, I come to you with this. With the Colts three and five, yeah. do you think there's a world where they shut down Jonathan Taylor? He's got this ankle injury, not too severe, as Tom said, but is there a world where they just shut him down for the year? If you want, like, positive, like, inspiration talk, just, like, look up, a like, a video of Jonathan Taylor in, it, in like, an interview. He is, like, so happy. He's so positive. He looks like he doesn't have like a doubt in the world. Like you're not shutting me down for the year. I don't care if we tank and this and that. Um, I don't think they're going to shut him down. Then their bye week comes up week 14. I saw this. This is crazy. I mean, Tom even said it with Aaron Jones. It seems like it's a similar injury with this like right lateral ankle sprain but i think I, I was listening to like the fantasy doctor on youtube definitely not as entertaining as you guys and i think tom is much more uh knowledgeable um but he was saying like there's ligament damage when it's a moderate grade two it's tough for like the tissue to heal i mean he he's screwed for the rest of the season in terms we're not going to see jt mvp like what he did last year but from the sense of it um hopefully matt ryan gets back right they need him to be competitive if he's in there jonathan taylor's will, should be back i think and, and, you know and one last thing with this organization how drunk is jim ursay like every season since andrew luck has been gone let's get philip rivers let's get carson wentz let's get matt ryan matt ryan could barely throw the ball last year with atlanta i don't know what they're doing out there I don't know if you heard. Uh, I don't know if you heard Jim Mercer or, or whatever his name is in his press conference. He was talking yeah. about how he doesn't know the ingredients in sausage. He doesn't know how to make sausage. But he doesn't <laughs> know how to build a football team. What's <laughs> the radic, ridiculous interview I've ever heard in my life? Yeah, build sausage. Okay. Um, he is a positive guy, Corey. I love rooting for JT. You said that nobody can stop him, uh, according to him. Uh, to me, it's actually every defense in football can stop him right now. He's RB 37 on the year. Wow. Dude, looking, looking at his first week, JT, man, 31 carries for 161 and a touchdown, 26 fantasy points. People were rejoicing, rubbing it in the CMC takers' faces. Since then, it's been downhill. And again, the injury definitely playing a part. So we'll continue to monitor that. As we continue to monitor as well, Debo Samuel, a hamstring. Did return to practice this week, Tom. San Francisco is off a bye. We're thinking he should be fully healthy. And those Niners, man, they're looking like a scary team, only four and four, but with the CMC signing. Do they have Debo? Is he back? Do we think he'll be healthy? I feel like it's every year the Niners start slow. And then the second half of the season, it's like, oh, the record's not great, but they're, they're a threat. And it's, it's true. Full participant today, 
So I'm not overly concerned about him playing. The hamstring injury is going to impact top-end speed, which is why we see it impact receivers' fantasy stats more than any other position because they're the position group that gets to their top-end speed the most since they run the furthest. Um, And that's why we see receivers averaging 2.8 points below their pre-injury baseline with only 26% meeting or exceeding what they were averaging before injury in their first game back. But again, Debo is an elite player, gets the ball in a lot of creative ways and scores a lot of touchdowns. He's the type of player that you don't really worry so much about those numbers as long as you're hearing good reports in practice and full practice on a Wednesday. It doesn't get any better than that. Especially off a of bye. Those are good points. And Tom, you tweeted something before. Um about just this offense in general. And Elijah Mitchell, what was your take on him? Because he's coming back too, right? Just to throw him in there. Um, What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I believe Mitchell is going to be on the active roster this week, or at least he's been designated off of IR. He was a a very interesting prospect coming into this season, fantasy prospect coming into this season, um, because, you know, Shanahan gave him the ball a lot last year, and he was productive. But in the seven games last season that Elijah Mitchell had double-digit fantasy points, um, six of them, he had at least 18 touches. You're not getting that with Christian McCaffrey here. That's for damn sure. So I don't really see Mitchell as anything more than a handcuff to McCaffrey. I'm with you. The people that held Elijah Mitchell the entire or whatever, four, five weeks since he's been out, whatever, longer, they see the CMC trade and it's just a dagger through their heart. Totally with you. Uh, McCaffrey looks like a damn workhorse. I mean, what was it? The last week or two weeks ago, he threw one, ran one in, caught one, just some ridiculous. Yeah, unreal. Something that only Christian McCaffrey could do, some crazy stuff there. So, all right, we have uh, about four or five injuries left. Let's go over to another guy who is just about having perfect attendance on our show. Keenan Allen, hamstring, I wrote here, will he ever return? And that's a legit question, Tom. <laughs> I honestly think it's looking like a lost season. If you listen to our special edition hamstring episode that aired on Monday, we talked all about recurring hamstring injuries. I had one of the the big names in the PT world. His name's Jack Stagg. I had him on the show with me. And we talked about something called neural tension, nerve health, things along those lines. And I don't know if this is what's going on with Keenan Allen because I have not met him in person i've not assessed him but a lot of times when you have players who have recurring hamstrings over and over and over again it's the sciatic nerve is pissed off for one reason or another and the body's going to protect that nerve at all costs and it does so by letting the hamstring get injured so keenan allen Kadarius tony russell gage julio jones the training staff for those teams have to look at sciatic nerve mobility. I don't know if they are. They might be. I hope they are, but I don't know. Um, but really good episode that aired on Monday where we really dive into that stuff. It was a good one. Tom, question on that. When you say the nerve is pissed off, what do you, what's like more of, I guess, a scientific or, or explanation for that? Like, what does that mean, pissed off? Inflamed, stuck, um, or a lot of times it stems from issues in the back because the nerves all exit from the back. So if the back isn't moving well, or if there's a, a disc injury present, all those things can irritate the nerve. So the nerve is, it does a lot of things. It's 
It's literally like electrical wiring, but it's also kind of like a hose. Cause so you have blood, blood that flows through it. And if the nerves compressed at all, one, it can't move very well, but also the blood flow isn't very good. So, and again, we dive into all this on the episode that aired Monday, but there's a lot of things that can piss off the nerve. All right. Don't want to have a pissed off nerve. Um, Chargers should be pissed off themselves. I mean, haven't been great. Tough to watch. I think they're seven point underdogs this week at a five as a five and three team, which is wild. But fantasy implications still waiting. Still got some time for Mike Williams to come back. Eckler still looks like a beast. Palmer actually had a pretty good game, boys. Palmer was eight for one hundred six. I think everyone else on that team is average at best. But kind of good to see Palmer, who we've doubted a little bit. We've we've seen him in big spots in big situations, but. I think that he will continue to at least eat targets. I don't know about his progress or how successful he'll be, but somebody's got to catch the ball from Herbert. So let's go over to Dallas. The Cowboys this week, boys hit the road against a reeling Packers team. We have Zeke, a DNP Monday. Um, He's also just like Debo coming off a bye. He has a knee injury. So Tom, what is your expert opinion this week on Zeke and if he'll play? His injury was a combination of the MCL injury and a quad bruise. And you could, you could totally see this from the, the hit he took. And he ended up finishing that game. He was reporting a couple of weeks ago a lot of stiffness in the knee, and that's characteristic of an MCL injury. And this week we're hearing that swelling and stiffness is doing a lot better. So that's huge that that's gotten under control. That's going to allow him to have full range of motion. That's going to allow him to get his full strength back. It's a lot of swelling in the knee, in the knee joint. It's going to inhibit the quad muscles ability to work properly. He needs to continue to demonstrate that he's got full range, that he's strong and stable on one leg. We talk about this all the time. When a player is coming back from a leg injury, they have to be able to cut powerfully and, and with stability on one leg. Um, but he definitely has a shot to play this week. That said, running backs do not perform very well when they return from an MCL injury, averaging 2.9 points below their pre-injury baseline. And Tony Tony Pollard's really, really good. Now, Jerry Jones has made it very clear that Zeke is still the lead lead, uh, horse here in the backfield. But if he's not running at 100%, I could see Pollard getting more, more looks. Jerry Jones is another one that, like Corey alluded to earlier, might just be hammered all the time <laughs> or, just, or just old. He reminds me of like the football. I don't want to get political here, like a football Joe Biden. Like he's he's just there, um, maybe possibly delusional at this point, because I don't know how he doesn't see it. But my God, we've talked about him all year long. Tony Pollard is filthy. Corey, are you a Pollard guy? What do you think? Pollard or Zeke? Kind of a layup of a question for you here, unless you like Zeke. Pollard, I think he's from uh, Memphis, right? That's where he was drafted from. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to look that up again. Memphis is like one of those schools, though, by the way. He just like churns out running backs. I've never they had really Pollard do. on any, Yeah, I mean, I, but I've never had Pollard on any of my teams. I know two weeks ago, the guy went off, obviously, a career day for three touchdowns. Um, I did a redraft in my work league. First time I ever did a redraft for fantasy. So I got, I, I have Zeke. It's interesting though, um, that everyone is kind of getting these MCL injuries. I mean, for the giants, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, Leonard Williams, 
Evan Neal is, is recovering from an MCL. Ben Bredesen, the other offensive line. So, I mean, it's better than ACL, but let, let me ask you this, actually, since we're on the topic of MCL injuries, what is the likelihood of that turning into an ACL tear? Uh, you know, they're, they're, it's certainly there, but it's, it's going to take a significant force that would have created an ACL tear, even if the MCL tear wasn't pre-existing most of the time. Now, the issue could be that if a player plays too soon after the MCL, so the, the MCL prevents the knee from caving inward. The ACL also does that. So if a player returns too soon from an MCL injury and they have not regained that stability, that knee coming inward stability or, or restraint of the knee coming inward, then it certainly could facilitate an ACL injury. Um, but I, I don't know of any examples off the top of my head where a player had an MCL injury, played after that, and then it led to an ACL injury. But like you're asking, it, it would make it more likely to happen. I just don't know of any examples yeah. off the top of my head where that has happened. All righty. On to Brandon Cooks, Tom. Wrist injury. Texans are 1-6-1. One, and one. Listen, this week, the over-under 39-and-a-half, a disgusting total on the road against our Giants, Corey. Um, we'll talk a little bit about Damian Pierce in a little bit, but to Brandon Cooks, wrist injury, what are our thoughts on him, Tom? I, I have a couple. Um, I don't think he's happy in Houston, so I'm, I'm wondering if his wrist injury is not that bad significant it's just the fact that the team stinks and he's not happy i don't know that but it sounded like he was being held out in attempts for a trade more so than because of the injury uh, but again i don't know that i'm not there i'm just speculating i'm totally with you there i thought that his injury was like fugazi i thought it was like fake and what the hell do i know about injuries but i know he wanted to be traded the texans are awful davis mills is throwing him the football so not to get scientific because that's as least scientific as you can get, but I'm with you there. I just think he just doesn't want to play football for this team anymore. Yeah. But now whenever he does play, I don't see this wrist injury impacting his, his ability. I mean, they're not going to put him out there if his wrist isn't strong enough to catch a football. That would be the concern is does he have enough strength and, and is it not hurting to the point where he could catch the ball? But if it's if that's an issue, he's not going to be out there. So if he plays, you can expect his typical performance, which this season has not been great. Guy whose performance has been great for Houston, Damian Pierce. He is the real deal. And I couldn't have been more wrong last week. I said to sit him. I think he only had 13 or 14 points because he didn't score, but he had whatever. He had 130, 140 yards. That guy proved me wrong. Otherwise, forget it with that offense. But that was my first time actually watching a full game of Pierce, and he really impressed me. Corey, you talked about doing some redrafts. Um, so for next year, let's just start to get in each other's heads here. For We have three people in our league yeah. uh, in this call here. Where does Damian Pierce go next year? If you had to pick right now going into week 10, where I are we seeing all, Damian go? I think all three of us can agree that like he's not going past you know the middle to the end of the second round. He, like 15 to 20. He is sixth right now in, in rushing yards. He has the longest rushing um, touchdown aside from Lamar Jackson. It, the funny thing is that, like, this kid 
was in Florida, right? All four years, uh, a four-star prospect coming in. He already has more rushing yards right now than he ever did out there in Florida. Um, It's just kind of like crazy. So I'm looking at his highlights. First off, that game against the Eagles last week, those red unis with with the helmets. Those are tight. Wow. Those I think are even nicer than uh, the white bangle uh, white outlook. That oh, they those are sweet year. too. Those are sweet too. But I don't know, man. Damian Pierce, he is a savage when it comes to like little shift, like not a lot of shifty moves, but a little like pivot shift finds the hole quick. He's pretty fast, honestly. And it, it, again, I think, you know, if you're in the middle of the second round next year, it's, I would be all for taking him right there. That is noted as we'll probably draft right next to each other next year, Corey. <laughs> but I, <laughs> I'm with you, man. I think who the heck knows and things will change. I could see him going late uh, first round, maybe a stretch, but he continues like this, man. It's He's going to be a highly touted player next year. The bowling ball that he is. Okay. Three more, which we should go through pretty quickly here. Then we'll get to our start sit. So, Tom, one that we just added, Kyler Murray, we saw today, hamstring. What are implications with Kyler? They don't sound overly concerned at this time, so we'll have to keep monitoring. This does have the potential to slow down Kyler's fantasy output in two ways. One is the obvious one. He's a running quarterback, and hamstring is going to impact the top end speed, which Kyler Murray often hits. On some of his past, like past plays that he ends up running, I mean, he probably runs like 50, 60 yards like in circles before going up the field. So that could be an issue. I I could see Arizona potentially calling less design QB runs. Um, So that could actually feed James Conner. Well, the other thing, I don't know which leg it is. I've been looking for reports on which leg is injured. I have not found anything. So if anyone's listening knows, please, uh, please DM me. If it's his right leg, that could impact his ability to throw the ball because power comes from the ground up. His ability to push off his right, he's a right-handed quarterback, so pushing off his right leg is where he's generating a ton of power from. And if that hamstring is bothering him, it has the potential to impact that. So really, and these are all like worst-case scenarios, so the reports now are not severe. So just keep monitoring practice reports. If everything sounds good, then you can start them with confidence. They it's if they start reporting like Kyler's limited and they start spe- some of the beat reporters are speculating that they might not run him as much, then he becomes more of a pocket passer, which is he's okay at, but he's not elite at, and that would definitely hinder his fantasy output. Also, a guy that with his pocket passing or when he at least throws, he's a guy that almost like Pat Mahomes, obviously not as good, but can extend a play and he gets outside the pocket and eludes a couple of tackles, then throws the ball down the field. So something to monitor there for sure. Okay. Two more Kyron Williams, Tom ankle looks like he's off the IR. The Rams need help, man. I mean, listen, Henderson's been decent, but something needs to change there. We know Cam Akers. I don't even remember what he was five carries for three yards or something awful like that last week, but is Kyron someone that we're looking at here, you know, fantasy implication wise. I'm excited about him and maybe I shouldn't be. I I mean, there's risk. We talked about last show how he has had two major foot slash ankle injuries to start his career, both of which can alter mechanics that 
predispose someone to future injuries, but I don't know that they're necessarily going to impact his performance when he's playing. So with there being, you know, only a handful of weeks left in the season, he, this could be the kind of guy that comes in and, and like almost like a Rashad Penny last year and gives you the spark of a run of four games where he's averaging like 18 points a game. Um, now that's, I have absolutely no evidence to support that. He's never played more than one snap. It wasn't even a snap as a kickoff. He hasn't played more than one kickoff in the NFL. So he might suck for all we know, but yeah. Can he be any worse than Daryl Henderson or cam makers? I don't think <laughs> no. so. All right. Our last can one I just here. say this. Daryl Henderson is the worst running back. I have like he squandered his opportunity to be the guy. I know they're dealing with offensive line issues out there too. But like it makes me so mad because he did well for Dan's team last year and I had him on my team and if I had just went with my gut, stuck with Tyler Algier this week, I would have beaten Baldino and said, I had Henderson in there. <laughs> hey, anytime you lose to Baldino, that's bad. That's really bad. I'm so sick about it still. An unacceptable loss, Corey. All right. Last one, Tom. Traylon Burks returned from the IR. Long stint he had there on today, Wednesday. Um, in the beginning of the year, this guy, I mean, big name, of course. Average at best. Um, what are we expecting injury-wise, Tom, with Traylon Burks? He's one that I think a lot of people are going to get really, really excited about. And there's certainly potential, but I don't know that the likelihood of him being really, really helpful for your team this year is very high. Missed four games in five weeks with the turf toe injury. We've talked a lot with Michael Thomas on the turf toe injury. It's injury to the underside, the tendons or the ligaments on the underside of the toe. Now, that's enough time for it to have healed properly for ligament and tendon healing and even enough time to, to regain mobility and, and most of the strength. So it's very possible that he's at or close to 100%. But again, this is five, he's a rookie. This is five more weeks that he's not been practicing, not developing rapport with either Tannehill or Willis. They don't throw the ball when Willis plays. I don't know what the, what the plan is there if... Um, I'm sure as soon as Tannehill's ready to go, he'll be back in. But they're throwing the ball like six times a game with Willis, or at least that's always completing. And Tannehill wasn't even doing great before injury. So I don't, I think he's going to be a really good player throughout his career. I don't know that he's going to be productive in the second half of this season. Wholeheartedly agree with you. Love him as a player, but not interested in him from a fantasy perspective at all for this year, possibly in dynasty, maybe in future leagues. Corey, you might want to close your ears here. In the last two weeks, weeks eight and nine, Derrick Henry has accounted for 100% of his team's touchdowns. <laughs> Nobody else <laughs> scores. That's what happens when you turn and hand the ball off 35 Probably times. close to that in yards, too. Uh, I would, if I had to guess, 70-something percent of their yard. I mean, he does everything for them. So, Tom, as always, crush the injuries. Thank you so much. We will continue to monitor. And as always, guys listening at home, if you want to stay on top of all of this stuff, follow us, injury underscore fantasy, and you can follow Tom. You could find his, Tom, what's your at? at Fan fantasy injury and then the letter T. T for Tom. All right, lovely. Let's go to, we got three uh, fun sections left here. Let's get into it, boys. Vin is joining us here for our start sit. Hello. So, hey, Vin. Hey. 
you're playing Corey this week. Big week for you too. I am. Um, next time Corey's on the pod, you should make him wear a Jets hat if you win. And Vin has to wear a Giants hat next time. Like I had to suffer through that crap last time. You looked really ugly in it. I uh, well, I look ugly without a hat. I look, you know, at all times. So let's let's Vin, avoid that hear, conversation. Did you hear Devin's prediction? He has me beating you this week. How is that even possible when you just trade me Mixon and he's on a buy? That's so <laughs> stupid. I'm not sure. Might not have been looking at the right week. <laughs> yeah, then we know. talked about your big trade earlier. We love it. By the way, you guys at home, another idea for you that we just started this year, and Tom, you should do it as well. Whoever scores the lowest amount of points of the 12 or whatever teams during that specific week has to, Vin actually every week spins a wheel and it's either whatever it is, it's some type of alcohol. You have to send a video of yourself shotgunning that alcohol and making predictions for every single matchup for the week. It's so much fun. That's electric. It's great. It is absolutely awesome. I did it during work and I said, all right, guys, I got to like do this quick and be back at work. And the four loco had me doing a nine minute video. It was the longest one, but I predicted everyone that would win. That was correct. Actually. I think I'm the only one to do that this year. And then Vin, real quick, I think I look forward more towards what theme music you use for the wheel. Can you maybe do the match game for next week? Okay, yeah, I'm running out of game shows, so that's um, anything is welcome. I'll, do, I'll write Perfect. that match game. That's phenomenal. Love it. Corey literally walked out to his car on like a Wednesday afternoon or Thursday afternoon for Loco. And then <laughs> it's like answering work calls afterwards. predicting <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. We don't suggest that part. Stars. That day. <laughs> <laughs> he had a great day. That's what a four loco does for you. All right. Let's go to start sit. So we got start sit. We got some grab bag questions and then we'll finish with the buy low, sell high segment. So I'll start us off ice cold last week. I was trying to get back on the horn this week. So my start of the week, nice, short and sweet is going to be George Pickens. Um, Claypool was traded. I think that this team, this organization has huge plans for George Pickens. It's coming off a buy the week before that week eight was absolutely awful. Not him, but the entire offense. Pickens was zero catches, zero yards, only three targets. Before that, in week seven, Pickens was 18.1 points. Um, I don't think it's sitting well with them at all. I think this is a big get-right spot for the Steelers, maybe not as a whole team, but at least their offense a little bit, get them going, and especially for Pickens. So I'm in on George Pickens this week. And my sit is a big name, but a guy that I am actually benching in two of my leagues and it pains me to do it, but it's Cortland Sutton. Last three games, averaging only 3.7 points. He's a name that I looked at this morning in my roster, and he has been an auto plug and play. Looked at his numbers and was like, wow, he's actually been terrible. I think the Broncos are broken. I always look at over-unders. The over-under in that game is only 37 points. I don't even care. You could look at the Titans. They're actually ranked 30th in the league in passing yards given up. That doesn't even phase me. Doesn't bother me at all. I'm looking to pivot off Sutton and I'm looking to play George Pickens this week. Tom, what do you got? So I'm going to go ahead and start Donta Foreman coming off a miserable week last week. And the reason is because he's playing the same team that he recently went for 118 and three touchdowns on in the Atlanta Falcons. Hubbard is not good, I don't believe, and he's coming off injury. So I think Foreman is going to really take over this backfield if he hasn't already. I'm going to sit a recurring, 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 recurring player on this show. I want to guess Najee Harris. 
No. DeAndre Swift. Yeah. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah. I want to sit DeAndre Swift. I don't trust him. I just don't. He played 16% of snaps last week. That's one six percentage sign snaps last week. And he admits that he's not going to be 100% the rest of the season. Jamal Williams is playing really, really, really good. I don't trust Swift right now. And Tom, to your point about the Panthers, I could picture this again being a week where P.J. Walker comes out and is benched in the second quarter, benched in the third quarter. Here comes Baker Mayfield and the whole team's a mess and they'll have to rely on the run. So I like that one a lot. Okay, Corey, your first uh, your first official start sit. Hit us with it, man. What do you got? This is exciting. I did pull uh, one maneuver right last week, and that was uh, I had Friar Muth on the bye, so I needed a tight end. It was down to either Noah Fant, uh, who had a really good game finally last week. But I picked up Cole Komet, and I guess my logic was it'll open some things up with having Chase Claypool there. And the Chase Claypool didn't really do much last week. If anything, Darnell Mooney got more of the targets, and Cole Komet was a beast. Two touchdowns. I think it's going to be like a little bit of a safety net for Justin Fields. That offense the last two weeks has done a lot better. I think uh, Cole Komet's going to be my start. Um, and then my sit is going to be Raheem Mostert. Now, I don't think anyone expected that he would only get nine carries. Now, he led the way initially, and he had that early on touchdown. Um, but Jeff Wilson also had nine carries. Jeff Wilson had three receptions as well. Jeff Wilson also had a touchdown. And Jeff Wilson just seems to be a little bit better than Raheem Mostert. Um, that'll be up against uh, – they're going up against uh, the Browns. Um, so I, I think I think Raheem Mostert is a, is a good sit for this week. Love it, Corey. Bringing back Cole Komet. What a shame he was in the beginning of the year. But you're right, man. That freaking Bears offense is – I'm not going to call them elite. Let's let's slow our roll. Yeah. Damn, Fields is good right now. I know Vince trying to trade him in a league because he's got about five quarterbacks, but Fields looks real good. The other thing is Jimmy, the Bears defense is horrendous, so they have to keep up. It helps. Every week, 35, 32, 38, this and that. You're right. So, all right, Vin, hit us with it. What do you got? All right. Um, My start of the week is going to be a tight end. Uh, tight end playing the Seahawks, who are the worst in the league. At least uh, they give up the most fantasy points per game to the position. Uh, it's Kate Otten, the tight end for the Buccaneers. He scored his first touchdown last week, the game-winning touchdown from Tom Brady. He also scored a touchdown the week before Thursday night, but I called back as a penalty, not his fault. So I think he is uh, kind of meshing with Tom Brady. Cameron Brady's been out. I don't think he's going to play, but he hasn't played in a couple weeks neck and concussion injury. So if he's not playing, definitely Kate Otten is the, the move at tight end. Uh, as far as my sit, it's not just one player. It's an entire backfield. Uh, the Denver Broncos backfield. There is three of them. And I think the term we used last week was a three-headed flower. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, and that is what we said. Not a monster. Not, not, a, same, not a pretty flower either. No, I think it's the same situation as Kansas City where you have three different guys that do different things. Now they have Chase Edmonds, who's probably going to catch some passes. Latavius Murray and Melvin Gordon, they kind of overlap there. And they're playing the Titans, who the Chiefs played last week, and their running backs only put up 15 rushing yards. Mahomes did most of the damage on the ground there. So uh, entire Denver Broncos backfield. So. <laughs> 
sit the entire Broncos team at this point, guys. I got Sutton. You got (laughs) somebody should have hit it with Wilson. Somebody, I don't really know who else. No, he's not anybody's roster at this point. So yeah, he's been (laughs) dropped. All right. We will continue to monitor, see how we do with those. Good job, boys. Um, Let's go to a couple of questions that were, uh, oh my gosh, I was going to say emailed. What are we in 2004? Uh, Messages uh, on Twitter, a couple of things online, and then just a couple of questions that I've been seeing out there. So feel free, jump in at any point you want. But I want to know now that we're a little bit more than halfway through the season, who do you guys have as your Super Bowl matchup? I'll start. I'll go first. AFC, Tom made me feel a little bit better about this pick. I have to go with the Bills. Almost went Chiefs. It's the Bills time, man. They're first in points allowed defensively. The Chiefs are 20th in points allowed defensively. I think that that's what makes the Bills so much better. And oh my gosh, Corey, again, hold your ears. Giants fans, hold your ears. NFC, I have to take the Eagles, Tom. I think the Vikings I are overrated. Even though, even though Kirk Cousins on the airplane was absolutely raging this past week, having the time of his life. Dude, I, I don't know, man. I think... Aside from the Eagles, the NFC's up for grabs, but the Eagles are just too good. Second in points scored, fourth in points allowed. Scariest defense in football to me. I'm going Bills Eagles. Might be a little bit chalky, but what do you boys got? Ben, what do you? What do you? Uh, Tom, go first. Actually, yeah. What do you got? I, I too am going to take my beloved Eagles. Um, I just, in, in, bias aside, they're playing so well. Like all facets of the game are clicking right now. I think I'm going to take the Chiefs. I just, I think Patrick Mahomes is a killer. He's a cold-blooded killer. And I think that they will get things together. I mean, they're playing well, but I think they'll get it even more together, particularly on the ground. I don't know who it's going to be, but they'll figure that out. And Mahomes is getting, starting to develop a nice rapport with, with at least with Juju. And I just, I, I don't really have a good reason to pick them over the Bills other than Patrick Mahomes, but I that's just what my gut's telling me. Fair enough. I'm writing these down as we go. Corey, who you got? Um, I mean, I was thinking about it too today. It, it just seems like what the Chiefs are doing right now is just something else. I mean, yeah, Juju Smith-Schuster, who saw that coming? You know, he's been like absent the last three years, basically. Um. And they got everybody there. They they just picked up Kadarius Tony, who I, I don't think is that great. Mecole Hardman is actually getting a ton of targets. He's kind of like their gadget guy. Kelsey is as good as he's ever been. They're throwing McKinnon back there. They they just their offense right now, and and just how slippery Mahomes is, and how ahead of the game he is at all plays. It's it's uncanny. So unfortunately. I'll go with them. And then, Joe, I mean, how could you, I mean, it, it might be all, you know, it sounds like chalk and everything. The Eagles really are connecting on all facets, but for whatever reason, I just don't think they're going to get it done in the playoffs. I think it's going to be a rematch with San Francisco uh, going in That's CMC uh, acquiring him. I think that was big. Nick Bosa gets a freaking sack every game. I think it's going to be a rematch with KC and San Fran. Bold. Ben, what do you got? Honestly, I was kind of leaning that way too. Um, Not just saying that, but I think San Fran's getting healthy again. Um, Looking at their schedule right now down the stretch here, it doesn't look too, too bad. 
lot of high scoring games definitely in the cards. I just I I can't believe in the in the Seahawks. I'll, I'll continue to bet on them and and win because they are <laughs> the underdog every time. I don't know why, but I just can't see them keeping this up. I don't I don't know. Uh, and the 49ers are all in, obviously getting CMC. AFC. I think I have to go with the Bills. I think they uh, they proved it this year. They beat Mahomes and Chiefs uh, in the regular season again this year. I want to pick the Ravens, but watching them Monday night struggle to Lamar has no receivers receivers whatsoever. I know there's no Andrews, but they need somebody on the outside to do something. And without Bateman, I, I, don't, I don't know. But I do like the Ravens, 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 Bills, AFC championship game. All right. You've always been a big Ravens guy. All right. How about current NFL MVP? I'll go first here. And again, I have to take an eagle. Sorry for the Giants fans. To me, it's Jalen Hurts. He hasn't even unleashed his full potential yet to me because he hasn't had to, right? Like every game we see the Eagles taking their freaking foot off the gas because at halftime they're killing it. Listen, Jalen Hurts, I love him in fantasy. I love him in real life. 12 passing touchdowns, only two interceptions. Plus he's added six rushing touchdowns. Second in the league in terms of quarterbacks and passer rating behind Tua. Um, Jalen Hurts is 107.8. One thing before I move on from this, can any of you guess? Well, damn it. I kind of just mentioned it, but it's actually not it. Who's number one in the league in passer rating? Is it Geno Smith? Any other guesses? I hope it's Geno Smith. I thought he was up there. Well, it's a trick question because the answer is Christian McCaffrey with a perfect 158.3. Come on. And Taysom Hill's number two. And then next is Braxton Berrios, Tyler Boyd, Chase Claypool, Justin Jefferson, and three others. And then it's those guys. But all right, Tom, over to you. Who's your current NFL MVP? I completely agree with you. It's Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's the only quarterback on an undefeated team. And he's a big reason that they're undefeated. He's playing out of his mind, far exceeding my expectations. If he keeps it up, he's has to be MVP, especially if they don't lose. All right, Corey, what do you got? Yeah, I love that you both said, you know, Jalen Hurts. He he does deserve it, but uh, the running back position gets no love. Uh, it's not going to happen, but Nick Chubb right now is my MVP. Ben, how about you? Uh, for actual NFL, it's probably going to be Hurts or Allen, Josh Allen, as long as he's not. Gonna miss too too much time. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's usually a team with the best record with the best quarterback. So that's how it goes. But also running back wise, Eckler has been the whole reason the Chargers. He's been so, so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna skip down to a question that a lot of people are asking us here, and there's implications for all of us here, depending on where he signs. But it's Odell, and Tom, you might be able to touch on his injury, but. What is the latest with Odell and where do you guys, we'll talk about that too. Where do you think he's going to sign? I mean, is he still going to be effective? Tom, first off, what do you think about Odell, like his effectiveness and are we going to see him back? Where do you think he's going to wind up going? He's right about nine months post-op now. And nine months is that cutoff that we like from a safe to return standpoint. We still like to see it more than nine months for an overall, are they really a hundred percent and ready to go standpoint? So, I mean, he's a very, very, very special gifted athlete. And sometimes those type of people return faster than others. Cooper Cup's a good example of that. He had a very, very good season after his ACL injury. But Odell's also pushing 30. Like he's getting older. It's been a while since he's been dominant. He looked really good last year, but it's been a while since he's been dominant. 
wherever he goes, it'll be a brand new offense with a brand new quarterback, with a brand new coach. So there's a steep learning curve there too, which is easier for a veteran, but still hard to just integrate into a new offense. So from a health standpoint, it's, he's getting very, very close to being safe to return. And we're hearing that in the reports that like he's at towards the end of his rehab, which is probably true. Um, I just think there's so many factors in play that make him not attractive to me. I want to see him so bad back with the Giants, Corey. <laughs> I just don't think it's happening, man. I think he's actually going to sign with the Cowboys. I saw online on Twitter okay. it was a bidding war between possibly the Cowboys, the Bills, and the Niners. So mm-hmm. if I had to put money on it, which I actually might, I see him at the I see him playing for the Cowboys. What do you think, Corey? What a polarizing player he's been, honestly, since being in the league. Just just throwing that out there. And I love the fact that he's got a son around, you know, Carter's age, around like 11 months. I think that's kind of cool, too. Yeah, he's not going to the Giants. That would be stupid. Um, I think the only way the Bills go to the Super Bowl is adding is adding Odell. And I think I think that the Chargers would also be a destination that would make sense, given that Keenan Allen's been pretty much, you know, injured all year. I think so, too. All right. As we almost wrap up, let's do one more thing, boys. There's a lot of questions here. Maybe we'll get to some of the other ones on Twitter, but let's just do one buy low. I know those are such like hot words in fantasy football. Buy low, sell high. I mean, Vin over here just (laughs) sold high on uh, Joe Mixon after his 55-point performance, and Corey, you (laughs) bought high on him, but let's each name one player, and then we'll we'll end the show there. But let's let's do the buy low. So... Somebody that came to mind for me is a guy who I thought or we thought was a bust in the beginning of the year, and it was Darnell Mooney. Guy averaged 4.5 points per game in the first five games, only 4.2 targets a game. Mooney's last four games, we talked about the Bears offense, picking it up, averaging 10.2 points per game and 7.8 targets per game. People, like I said, mentally label this guy as a bust. I think he's slowly coming on. Again, Claypool helps. Corey, you brought up Komet earlier. Um, I think the emergence of him helps out. I like Darnell Mooney, maybe not as a wide receiver too, but as a flex guy, you could sneak in there with some pretty good upside for the rest of the year. Tom, who are you buying low on? I'm sure you can still buy pretty low on him. Jeff Wilson. I think he, I was a little bit kind of skeptical about, it kind of seemed like lateral motion for him with that trade going from, well, not really with the acquisition of McCaffrey. But prior to McCaffrey being there, Wilson going to Miami, I thought that was pretty comparable. But now I'm starting to think that this is going to be really good for Wilson. Um, Corey, you were talking about how you don't like Mostert so much, and I think they're both going to get a lot of pretty pretty even workload. But like you said, I think Wilson is just flat out better. Um, he's a, He scores touchdowns. He catches the ball. He really does everything. And... I, I think you can get him at a reasonable price now, and he could be that kind of guy that him, him he himself is not a league winner, but he's that guy you can put in your flex or your RB2 that will do just enough to, to complement your stars to, to help you make a run. Solid piece. Corey, who you got as your buy-low candidate? Both your both your guys are good. In the background, Carter's like asking for me right now, so I know we're wrapping this up. <laughs> Um, he was taken 10th round in our draft, by the way, Tyler Lockett. And that's probably because Gino is the quarterback there. Um, I know it doesn't really make sense, 
but I still think if you add like a couple decent players for Tyler Lockett, I think you can make a deal happen. I think he's like number 10 right now uh, for receivers. So that that's my buy low guy. Loving it. All right, Vin, finish a strong year. Who's your buy low? Mine be guy I love. I've had him on teams for years now. Chris Godwin. He's wide receiver 45. I'm looking right now. Half point in our league, at least. Um, he has zero touchdowns so far. I don't even, I saw something today. He doesn't have, even have a red, uh, a touchdown target this year. So that, I feel like that has to change. I don't know. Um, but he is obviously a trusted guy for Tom Brady. Um, and we've seen it before. We've seen the talent. He's, he's talented. Uh, and person who has him might not, might be fed up with him. So, uh, you might be able to get him on the cheap before he breaks out. His targets have been ridiculous. Going back last week, 10, 11, 13, 12. So he is, I like that a lot. So yeah. sounds good. All right, guys. Really, really terrific show. Corey, first and foremost, man, thank you for joining us. You crushed it. Thanks for your, your beautiful debut here. I feel like I'm part of the family. So anytime Sam can make it, let me know. I love it. And I uh, can't wait to listen to this episode and uh, the remaining episodes this year, guys. It'll be up tonight. Vin, as always, thank you. And Tom, you are the best. Thank you for your expertise, as always. And listener, most importantly, thank you guys so much. We thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, like, subscribe, share with a friend. Anything helps. We really appreciate your your friendship with us and listening to us and your fandom. Again, each and every listen helps us achieve our dreams and our goals. So thank you again, and we'll see you guys next time on the Fit Podcast.